When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. This weekend, I looked at my Schwab account and I realized that I had some money. Now, the stock market was down a little bit last week and I thought, Monday, going to be a great day to put money in my equity holdings. So first thing Monday morning, what do I do? I invest a bunch of money in my diversified equity portfolio. By the end of the day, I act, see, stupid me, I actually looked. I shouldn't have looked. It would have been better to not look because by the end of the day, it started to look like I was a bad timer. Well, the reality is I am a bad timer. You're a bad timer. We're all bad timers. And the one thing we need to get accustomed to is the fact that our investments are going to go down in value. You see, I got spoiled over the course of the year. I had some of my accounts that were up like 30 plus percent. But that's not realistic, is it, Tom? No, it's not. By the way, what are you doing trading? I have people for that kind of thing, and so should you. <laughs> but that's a whole other part of the conversation. Oh, you know, I don't leave I like- any of that to myself because no way it won't work. I like getting my 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 fingers in the pie and the in the dough. I like that. You know, it's like I do my own taxes. I know. I think I, I have people to... for that too. I have uh, people yeah. for that. <laughs> so, oh, and by the way, I'm Don McDonald. That's oh, Tom Cock. How are you, Tom? <laughs> yeah. So okay. So last week the market was down about the market global diversified market down about one and a half. Monday we lost. About 2% of the global value. I mean, some parts were down more, obviously, in Asia, et cetera. Here's the good news. Not oh, one of good you, news? There is. Not one oh. of our 840 clients did what? Called me. Not one. Oh, not not you one. Guys, we got it figured out. You guys are so well-trained. Yeah, you're very I'm well-trained. So but then I read really silly surveys that say stuff like, Investors believe it's time to get very conservative in the stock market. Excuse me. That was a double take. If what? you saw the video, you'd know. How do you? Yeah. If you, if you watch us on YouTube, you would know I did a double take. I'll do another one. Um, wait a minute. How do you get conservative in the stock market? Well, leave it to our friends at CNBC who polled 400 chief investment officers, equity strategists, portfolio managers, and contributors. Who oh, manage you mean money. people who don't know anything about the future, in other words. Well, they act like they do because they said 75% of them, seven, three out of four, I think that is, Don, said it's time to be. <laughs> Wait, let me get a calculator. Please run that stuff. number just to be sure I'm right. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, 70... you, do, you and math. <laughs> wow. Dude. <laughs> Friends that should have gotten together a long time ago. Um, three out of four said. Yeah. 
their doctors recommend, no, their doctor said nothing about this. Three out of four four financial doctors recommend said it's time to be more conservative. Now this of course was released on the heels of the really bad day. The biggest sell off they're proud to say since May, which no May, May, which I think was just a couple of months ago. I could be crazy, but, um, and and so then they say, what are, what are we going to do about this? Oh, by the way, half of the people they surveyed thinks the S and P 500 will go up Oh, about 5% over the next year or so trying to figure out why you'd want to be conservative. One of, one of the people they had in their survey with Morgan Stanley called says he sees a destructive scenario where the S and P 500 suffers a 20% correction as some economic indicators have started to deteriorate. Wait, let me see the future. What do you see? I see that someday the stock market will go down 20, 30, maybe even 40%. Yeah, that's hard. You just If you just say it long enough, eventually it'll be true. You just have to keep saying it over and it's over. It's going to go way, down someday. People that are focusing on yield, according to CNBC, the strategy right now is private credit. Does that mean like lending people who are down on their luck a couple of bucks? <laughs> I promise I thought, I'll pay you back. I think the U.S. government's just giving it away. Why would they want to borrow it? Uh, government bonds, by the way, one of the places they say you shouldn't be because the safe haven appeal has dampened amid the economic recovery. <sighs> a lot of nonsense here. So what do you take away from all this? Here's what I take what away. I, yeah, what do you take away? Well, number one. And I hope you already know this if you've been a listener to the podcast or any podcast where they're kind of talking about common sense because those 400 people, they know. Wait, there are podcasts that talk well, common sense? There's a few out there. We don't want to mention them all by name, but there's a few. Because it'll only take about 12 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it'd be short. Um, short term? Yeah. Like a week or a day? Completely yeah. meaningless data point. Completely. What? Meaningless data. And those 400 people they interviewed, they don't yeah. know anything more about the future than, I hate to insult Don, but Don or all of the rest of you. They don't know. You don't know. So don't pay attention to short-term uh, data points. Number sure. two, mm-hmm. stock market volatility, the downs of the stock market have rewarded you. The, taking that risk has paid you over time. Think about the money that you have, and we know you have it. You F-O-B-O-A-ers, friends of Bank of America that have hundreds of thousands of dollars stashed away in banks because guess what? You woke up today and oh, the same amount was there on Tuesday as Wednesday. Yeah, it never moves. It doesn't move up either. Uh, Short-term volatility in stocks has paid you over the long haul. Quit messing around and thinking you're doing something great by being out of the market. You're not. And that brings me to number three, your portfolio balance, uh, uh, balance, your stock to bond ratio, your cash holdings, all that is about you. It's not about what's going to happen next, because as I mentioned before, we don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know those 400 experts, the strategists at all, they don't know. You have to have the right balance for how soon until you need the money, how much volatility you're willing to accept. After that, it doesn't matter. You could be like Don. You could accidentally invest on Monday and then watch it all go down. That does I happen. Did. Yeah, it uh-huh. happens. But 
No, your portfolio is not built day to day, depending on what's going on economically or in the markets, et cetera. It's built for what you're trying to achieve. That's it. And here's the real important, the most important part of all of this. You have to lower your short-term expectations and keep your greed in check because here's the deal. I loved making 30 plus percent in some of my portfolio over the first six or seven or eight months of 2021. I loved it, but I, I knew with every increase in the value of my portfolio that it was merely an illusion that I was not going to get to keep all of that money long-term. There's no way to do that. You will not have consistent double-digit, higher double-digit returns year after year after year after year. It's not possible. It would require perfect timing, which does not exist. So what you have to do is say, okay, that 30% return, that part of that is going toward the losses I'm going to suffer in the future. And if I get to keep a third of that 30% return, I'm going to be incredibly happy long-term. That's the way it really works. And it's hard to accept that because markets have been generally positive really now since about 2009. So any pullback, people think, oh, oh wait, were we in another bad time here? Is this? We don't know. So and I agree. We, we do know we will head into one of those. Sure. So someday yeah. it's going to happen and you won't be able to do anything about it because by the time you recognize that it's more than just a few day or a month long blip, like we saw in the spring of 2020, you are, you're, you're not going to be able to react to it. You can't possibly pull it off. So forget about it. Forget and, about it. And we don't know if it'll be China. We don't know if it'll be the new tax and spend deal. We don't know if it will be failure to raise the debt limit. At I could give you a list of 10 bad things and 10 good things. We don't know which one of those will drive the market into the future. So have the right asset allocation and get your changer on and maybe watch some Netflix or something. Quit worrying. And by the way, how many times have we been scared by the federal government saying they won't raise the debt limit. <laughs> many, many times. How many? For those of us old people, many, many, many times. It's not times. new. It happened yeah. way, way back before you, before you millennials, back in the days of Ronald Reagan even. Way back then. Exactly. Anyway, uh, 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number. You can give us a call and uh, leave your question, and we'll answer it on a future podcast. Or you can send it in at TalkingRealMoney.com, where you can either record it audio-wise or type it like this. Alyssa has a question for you. Yes. Tom. All right. Am I too risky is the subject. <laughs> and Alyssa starts out with, hi, Don and Tom, or Tom and Don. Oh, that's She's nice. a people. She's that's, a people pleaser. That's nice. I'm a new convert to your podcast after getting my feet wet with some other less technical podcasts. Bigger <laughs> podcasts, less technical than us. It's hard wow. to imagine, but we'll go with it. I am learning so much. However, I am still a neophyte. My question has to do with risk. Background: I, 38 year old female, am a teacher in California, so I will retire with a pension that will cover my living expenses. Plus, we get cola. Wow, free Coke with your pension. What's nice. wrong with Pepsi? 
It's I, cola. Could be. Could be RC. Does that still exist? I I really don't know. You're really showing your age now. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't have to worry too much about inflation. My hubby, 40-year-old male, is in the same situation as me. Wow. Uh, I have a small Roth IRA that I contribute a small amount to, and I plan on using that for travel or leisure in retirement. I currently have $30,000 in that account, and my husband has about $5,000. I have $140,000 in savings for short-term expenses, like a 12-month emergency fund, car purchase, down payment for a house. We're looking to move in two to three years. I took your risk quiz and got a 61. Kind of conservative. My question, though, lies with my after-tax brokerage account. I inherited a sizable amount of money a year back, $340,000, and not being confident with that amount of money, I hired a financial planner. Planner, Uh I think. I think maybe planner, Mm. who also happens to be an older cousin. Okay, sigh. And in parentheses, she goes, I know. <laughs> you know, your family needs a job too, so that's probably a good thing. So, Ah, well, wait a minute. It's not so bad. He uh-huh. may be not a... I'd have to take my quotations away, possibly. He does charge me 0.75% for managing my account, which could be worse. That's fair. However, I'm a little concerned with his allocation of my assets. Yes. He has me with 42 individual equities. If I had a buzzer, I'd use it right here. Thank you. That's I have a not clicker. as good as an eh, but okay. You know, you know what I use this for? Yeah. I use it when I'm doing podcasts and things and I need to, <laughs> I, I make a mistake. I go like that. I thought, you, I thought you used it at home when dinner was served. Okay. Yeah. Feed me. Uh, no, the let's other see. way around. Show oh, up feeding and you. eat now. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, she goes individual on to say stocks, yes. 16% ETFs and 40% in mutual funds with the rest in cash. Okay. Well, wait, where, where did the... You lost me. 42 individual stocks. Right. 16 yeah. ETFs. 16 ETFs. 16%. That's 16%. Adds up to, that's 58. Yeah, that, 58 and 40% yeah. mutual funds with 2% in cash. Okay. The math works. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, is this a good idea or not? You really are impatient. You want to get right to the question, don't You're you? You're holding up my lunch here. Speaking to of me, this seems like way too much in individual stocks, <laughs> but this is not a retirement account, so I can be more risky. I have no plans for this money other than income replacement. If my husband dies, he can't qualify for life insurance due to pre-existing conditions. Should I have him move the money to ETFs for, for, the, for, for the equity category or even mutual funds? And should I just take control of my own account and do it myself? Okay, a couple of things Alyssa did not answer was, number one, in that account, what is the stock-to-bond ratio? We know already for her age, she's somewhat conservative, right? It's 61%, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if this well, is all in stocks. That's what it kind Way. of, it sounds like it's heavy heavy stocks, uh, unless that 40% in mutual funds is all bond funds. Okay, but a 60-40 might be a reasonable asset allocation for her because here's the mm-hmm. worry I would have, a big picture. Market goes down. I think you just mentioned it could go down, Don, didn't you? A lot. Yeah, a lot. And your portfolio of 340, you wake up one morning and a 200. And you say, mm-hmm. well, wait, I, I didn't know this could happen. My really smart cousin was handling all this. And then you do what? Pay Sell out of the portfolio, take the big loss and say, 
I love you, cuz. We'll see you at Thanksgiving, but no more match for my money. I'm going to move it to cash. Cash. Then until until the bad news is yeah. over and the, the good news starts again. And then as soon as it's better, I want to get back in. The That's bell what rings. most people do. That's what most people do. Yeah, the bell never rings. You don't you know that. Know. Um, number two, do I think you should hold a third of your money or more in individual stocks? Absolutely not. The only reason to ever own individual stocks is you believe that they will do better than the market. Because remember, you're taking a ton more risk owning individual equities. And the track record is any person, a planner, a broker, anybody cannot pick the stocks to do better than the market that's been proven by looking at mutual right, funds. Right. By See, that's where I need you things. to back up because you almost gave people an excuse to buy individual stocks. Well, you said the only reason you should buy individual stocks is if you believe it's going to go up. Well, that's why people buy individual stocks because they believe mistakenly that they'll they'll go up. They might they'll, sometimes. They'll make more than the market is what I yeah. said because yeah, but there'd be no thing. reason. Yeah. You, don't, you, you can believe it all you want. You don't know it. You can't know it. I'm going to modify your rule a bit. You should not buy individual stocks unless you know with 100% certainty that they are going to go up more than the stock market. Can you know that? Well, you can't. Okay. So, but then going back, you have way too many securities in the whole account. Individual mm -hmm. stocks, ETFs, this are mutual funds, pardon me. This is what we call in the business a broker's portfolio because mm -hmm. they all, if you went to Merrill Lynch tomorrow, guaranteed, they'd say, we have these really hot individual security. You got to get into these. Oh, and then we balance that out with a few of these low cost ETFs and we'll put some mutual funds in there because these are really long-term winners, et cetera, et cetera. No, that is a lot of nonsense that the brokerage industry has sold for 50 years. Instead, you ask, should I simplify and do it on my own? If you're comfortable doing that, sure. We give you three funds, easy, cheap, or three, three ETFs or three ETFs. There's other people that we trust that we've mentioned on this podcast prior that we think you could look at their more sophisticated portfolio. Should you want to take the time and energy? No, I don't trust someone who picks individual equities. No, I don't trust someone who has all of these various securities because the other part is they always do this and they hope that out of all this, something looks good. So they say, Hey, you don't fire me because look what a great job I did with Tesla five years ago. So no, do I think you should fix it? Absolutely. But first thing would be making sure the stock to bond ratio fits what you're trying to achieve and your emotional makeup. And by the way, Alyssa, on your risk quiz, it actually tells you what we believe your approximate stock to bond ratio should be at your particular score. Let me just add, though, something really important for you, Alyssa. This is going to be the hardest part because we don't believe that your cousin is doing a great job for you, even at a reasonable fee of 0.75%, because he's a stock jockey. He thinks he, he thinks he's smarter than the market, I'm thinking. And by this the way, is gonna, yeah, go ahead. Well, this is going to make it difficult for you at Thanksgiving if he attends. Uh, so here's what I'd like you to do. Get a big spoon with the mashed potatoes. Fling. No. no. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, what you do gravy? is you go. You want to go with the gravy, not with the potatoes? I'm sorry. <laughs> I talked to Tom and Don and talking real money. And I, I'm going to do this. And and if you disagree, they would love to hear why you believe oh. that your perspective is better than theirs. And please call them because they will answer and talk with you 
about it. Call them either at 855-935-TALK anytime and leave a message or call them on the show on Saturdays. They will talk to you about it. We will too, won't we? Yeah. We've done it before. We've talked to people in a similar situation. So, and by the way, uh, your your cousin is the same as the 400 people mentioned prior in the podcast or has somebody there that thinks they can see the future. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you they cannot your cousin cannot. No one knows the future. Therefore, you build a widely diversified portfolio. You keep your costs as low as you can, and you deal with the ups and downs. You don't buy individual securities or all the rest of this, pardon my French, junk. And uh, so, Alyssa, really the bottom line is you either find a new advisor or if you can occasionally rebalance and sit still through the ups and downs, which you can probably do if you build the right stock to bond allocation, go to talkingrealmoney.com and look at our three fund portfolios from Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab, and a bunch of ETFs. There you go. And by the way, before we let it go, just to be clear, you're paying 0.75, which is reasonable, but I do not Mm -hmm. know the cost of those mutual funds and those exchange traded funds. They may be expensive ones that people forget you're paying for that too. So overall, you may be paying more like over 1% or more for the portfolio. As a matter of fact, Alyssa, if you'd like to know what those funds cost, you can always get in touch with one of our advisors at Vestry for free. They're not going to try and push you to become a client ever. You just give them a, a call or you set up an appointment. They'll look through that portfolio and tell you exactly what you are paying and what they think of the various pieces and what you might do better for nothing without hiring us. You just go to vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com and set up an appointment or call 800-386-3004 during business hours. West Coast, <laughs> East Coast kind of too. No, we're in early. Yeah, they're in way early. I mean, you know, like <laughs> six in the morning, Tom's in the office. Five. Ooh, even worse. Uh, so thanks for being a part of the podcast and the video cast or vlog, as they call it. I like video cast. And please tell your friends, neighbors, relatives. They can go to YouTube and watch us. They can listen to us on their favorite podcast service. We love to add people to our little family that's growing madly by the moment. Thank you so much. Matter of fact, we hit nearly 6,000 downloads yesterday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So thanks for being there. Take care. Spread the word. I'm Don McDonald. Over there is Tom Cock. And we just hang out all day, all night, talking real money. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.